Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. Well, today is a special day. Today is Palm Sunday, or it's also known as the Passion Week, the Holy Week, in which we celebrate and commemorate the arrival of Jesus on the Mount of Olives as he's entering into Jerusalem among shouts of Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, and the king is being ushered in on a donkey, entering into Jerusalem among praise and shouts of save us now and Hosannas. And this morning, we're going to celebrate the king, the king that has entered into our lives. And so I want you to go ahead and Get ready to celebrate the King this morning. I've got a word from the Lord for you today, and I'm excited to share it with you. If you would, turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. The title of this passage is The Triumphal Entry. And now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down palm branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. I want to share with you a message this morning I've entitled, The Deliverer, The Donkey, and The Difference. Why don't you join your hearts and pray with me this morning as we get into this message. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to gather here this morning, Lord, to hear your word, Lord, to hear what you would have to say to us. Lord, I'm praying, Lord, that you would speak to the lives of your people. Lord, open up their hearts that they might know and understand how much you love and care for them. Lord, thank you, God, that you really did go into, enter into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. You really do have power over death. You really do love and care for us enough that you would lay down your life, that we, through believing in you, might have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity this morning, Lord, uh, to share your word. Father, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase, Lord, that Jesus would be glorified in this place. We thank you for these prayers we pray this morning. We pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I um, 
had this lady that I worked with at my previous church. Um, there was a business that was run out of that church parsonage that I told you about last week. Anybody hear about the church parsonage last week? I told you. That's the house in the neighborhood that nobody wants to live at. Um, we had termites that were flying across the house in the spring when they would hatch. We had carpenter ants uh, that were huge, uh, that were just wandering about uh, the house. But we also had a business that we were operating out of this house, and we uh, sold ads and things like that. And I helped out with that. My primary role was like associate pastor at the church, but the pastor had a business that he ran. And he had um, a sales uh, room in one of the offices. And we had a lady that worked there, God rest her soul, she passed a few years ago. Her name was Debbie Lee. Debbie Lee. And Debbie Lee was one of these ladies, I don't know if you know anybody like this or if you've worked with somebody like this. If you were on their good side, then life was good. But if you were on their bad side, if you managed to get on that bad side, you might not ever get off of that bad side. Like, God help you. I was on her good side. So I was like, I'm trying to stay there. She worked in the back office, and, you know, oftentimes I'd be preparing for things, working on things, studying this and that. And um, I would, every now and then, when she would make a sale, I'd hear this loud, I'd come in the room, and she'd be holding a piece of paper, got one. We, she, Debbie loved donkeys. That was like one of her favorite animals. She just loved donkeys. And um, we even started calling her Sister Donkey, okay? <laughs> it was an affectionate term, trust me. I, I don't know why she loved that. It, we just called her Sister Donkey. Um, but, you know, uh, donkeys, they have a tendency or they have a reputation for being very persistent. Come on. Sometimes hard-headed. Come on, a little fussy. They want to go their own way, do their own thing. A little bit unmanageable. And I, I felt, you know, with Debbie, we called her Sister Donkey, and that was actually a, you know, that was a good, a good name for her. Though she was a sweet lady, she could be difficult at times. The truth is, every one of us have our donkey tendencies. And you, maybe you just look down the row that you are sitting on right now, and you looked at somebody. Don't do that, and don't point any fingers. We all have our, donk, uh, our donkey tendencies. We can all be a little hard-headed. We can all be a little stubborn. We can all be a little difficult. We can all want to go our own way. But the truth is, Jesus uses donkeys to make a difference. As our deliverer, this is what I want to share with you today from this message. As our deliverer, Jesus uses donkeys to make a difference. Oh, I'm glad about it. I'm glad about it because I'm one of those donkeys sometimes. I want to go my own way, do my own thing. Come on, sometimes I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Come on. I, and, and some of you haven't always, you know, had a halo over your head. Come on. Some of you haven't always been submitted to the Lord and just said, yes, God, I'll go where you send me and I'll do what you want me to do. Some of y'all have some donkey tendencies here in this room today. This morning... On this Palm Sunday, I want to talk to you from our text about a deliverer, Jesus, who chose a donkey to make a difference. In our passage, it's Passover week in Jerusalem. 
This is a celebration of the Jewish people from their exodus and slavery in Egypt. And you remember that uh, Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. And there were the plagues and then they came to the Red Sea and Moses brought them out. Actually, the hand of the Lord parted the Red Sea and brought them out by his mighty, miraculous hand. They were free from the Egyptians and they would celebrate this, this, this Passover feast. You would remember Jesus having that last Passover meal with his disciples before he would go to the cross and be crucified for us. This is that great feast that Jesus is now entering into with his disciples on that triumphal entry Sunday. He's making his way into Jerusalem for that feast. There was three major feasts of the Jews that they had to participate in if they were within 25 miles of circum- or radius of Jerusalem. They had to participate in Passover. Uh, the other one was Pentecost and Tabernacles. At Passover, uh, the city of Jerusalem would be teeming with people. There was a Jewish historian, his name was Josephus, and he wrote about this Passover season um, and around the mid-60s A.D. The temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D. Maybe if you know history, you know that Jesus even prophesied that not one stone would not be turned over. The Romans came in. They laid siege to the city. But this is 33 um, A.D. after Jesus was born. This is 33, and Jesus is coming into the city. Um, the Jewish historian Josephus said that at that time that he was recording his history, there was 250,000 lambs that were sacrificed in the temple. Now, if you do the math, at 250,000 lambs, one lamb would represent a family. They would bring a sacrificial lamb as an offering of worship to the Lord through the sacrificial system. You could do the math there, and that is 2.5 million people that would converge on this city of Jerusalem in that day. Just for a little context, some of y'all think apple blossom is a big deal, and it is. It's great. Apple blossom attracts about 250,000 people. We're talking about 10 apple blossoms, all right? How many of y'all have ever been to Disney World on a busy day in in the prime season? Try about 75,000 people there at Disney World in that prime season. And you know how busy that can be, right? We're talking about wall-to-wall people everywhere. As, Jeru- as, as Jesus is looking at Jerusalem, he's looking at the eastern gate, at the eastern wall. He's on the Mount of Olives. He's had a multitude of people following him throughout his ministry. Remember, he's preaching the kingdom of God. He's discharging the debtor. He's healing the sick. He has just maybe a few weeks before, raised a man named Lazarus from the dead. And this miracle was so incredible that the Scripture talks about how Jesus had an even greater following than ever before as he entered into this moment, this triumphal entry. In fact, he would have many people following him, but also as he arrived on the scene to enter into Jerusalem... Um, the historians will tell you that people came outside from, from the walls of Jerusalem. The worshipers that were there from all over the world uh, were there, came outside of the walls, and they began to gather and congregate together because they heard this prophet from Nazareth was coming into town. And many people thought that he was a Messiah, the Messiah, a political deliverer. But what they didn't realize is that Jesus didn't come to be a political deliverer. He came to be a spiritual deliverer. 
He came to save us from our sins. So here he comes, enters into Jerusalem. The, the historians will tell you that there was probably about 100,000 people gathered right there, shouting Hosanna, clapping for him as he makes his descent from the Mount of Olives and into the city of Jerusalem. But he does something unorthodox or unusual that day. You see, Jesus had spent uh, many days in his ministry, the last three years of his ministry, traveling the dirty, dusty roads of Palestine. He would go from city to city. And it was not unusual or uncommon for him to go from the Sea of Galilee all the way up to Jerusalem, up to Jerusalem for the feast. He would do that many times. But this day, he did something different. He didn't enter into the city by walking into the city as he had done before. This day, he does something different. This day, he calls for a donkey. On this Sunday, he sends his disciples and he says to them, Go into the city opposite from you in Bethany and find a donkey. I almost wonder what that was like. It's like, you know, with Jesus, you know, you want us to, is this like Grand Theft Auto? The donkeys were used for like transportation. This would be like you, like Jesus telling you, go get a car. You know, do you want Jesus? Do you want a Lexus? Do you want a BMW? Do you want a Corolla? What do you want, Jesus? He's like, go into this city and go get a donkey for me. And they're like, okay, well, they go into the city. And, And he qualifies that statement by saying, if anyone asks you, you know, what you're doing, because certainly, you know, somebody's just not going to let you go steal their donkey. He says, just tell them that the Lord has need of it. (laughs) They're going, and they grab this donkey, and they say, the Lord has need of it, and the person, the owner, lets them have the donkey. They bring the donkey to Jesus. And this morning, I want to focus on that particular passage that where Jesus says, The Lord has need of the donkey. Because as deliverer, Jesus uses donkeys to make a difference. And I want to draw some parallels between you and me and us and the fact that we are often like a donkey. The scripture says in Job chapter 11, uh, verse 8, uh, verse 12, it says that a man is born like a wild donkey's colt. The word need that Jesus said here, tell them the master needs them or the Lord needs them, it means employment or business. Jesus is saying, I know he's a donkey, but I have need of him. I know he's stubborn, but I have need of him. I know he's hard-headed and he's a go-his-own-way donkey, but I need him. I know he's got issues, but I have a job for him. He's got problems, but I want to use him. I think it's amazing that the Lord wants to use a donkey, and it's amazing that the Lord would want to use us. (laughs) The Lord didn't ride in on a great white horse. He didn't ride in on a giant steed. He didn't ride in on a Clydesdale. No, he chose a common, go-its-own-way donkey because he had a need. And the good news is that God still uses donkeys. Look at the person next to you and say, God still uses donkeys. That's good news. And he wants to use them to make a difference. And I want to look in this Palm Sunday narrative for us to look at this and, and, and figure out in order for the donkey to make a difference. I've got a few observations here. First things first is the donkey had to be redeemed. In order for the donkey to make a difference, 
the donkey had to be redeemed. Donkeys were considered unclean in Jewish religious, you know, identification. Donkeys had hooves. And so wherever the donkey would go, he would bring dirt. And donkeys were also considered unclean because of the things that they ate. So they were unclean because of the things that they partook in and, to the, and because of the places that they would go. This particular donkey that Jesus said he had need of was actually a redeemed donkey. Many people think um, that this donkey, in order to be used, what would have to happen is when they, the donkey would give birth to to a, a little donkey, a colt, they would have to go into the temple and they would have to sacrifice a lamb in order for that donkey to be redeemed and to be useful. Remember the word redeem means to purchase or to ransom by paying a debt. The scripture says in, in Exodus chapter 13, verse 13, every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that because I'm unclean, because of the things that I've partook of, by the things that I've touched, the things that I've handled, the places that I've walked to, the things that have been vile, the things that I did, when I look back on my life, I'm thankful that this donkey today could be redeemed by sacrificing a lamb. For Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Even though I'm a donkey, even though I'm unclean, Jesus loves me. Jesus forgives me, and Jesus redeems me. And even in your donkey moments, the places you have gone and the things that have made you unclean, the donkey can be redeemed by the sacrificial offering of a lamb. Is there anyone here today that's grateful for the sacrificial offering of Jesus who cleansed you, who forgave you, who redeemed you, and who made you useful to God? The donkey had to be redeemed if he was going to make a difference. And when my donkey tendencies are redeemed by Jesus, I too can make a difference. The second thing I want to point out to you today, secondly, in order for the donkey to make a difference, number two, the donkey had to be broken. The donkey had to be broken. Verse two says, to go into the village, Jesus instructed them, those two disciples, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. In Mark chapter 11, verse 2, it defines this donkey as a donkey that has never been ridden. He was untamed or unbroken. This was a donkey that didn't have any training. This was a go-his-own-way donkey. This was a stubborn donkey. This was a fussy donkey. This was a donkey that was hard-headed, wild, unusable, and wanting to have his own way. And the only way that this donkey could be usable was that if he would be broken. And some of us, we're redeemed, we're forgiven by Jesus, but we're still going through a breaking process. And the breaking process that we go through is so that we can be usable and fit for the work of Jesus. You see, some of us have gone through seasons. We're going through a season right now in which the things that we've prayed for, we didn't receive answers to. We've gone through uh, difficult situations and problems and overwhelming things that we struggle with, things that we can't get unstuck from, things that we're going through and things don't seem to be going our way, and we're going through this breaking process. Here's the good news for you today. If you're going through a breaking process, there is purpose in that process because Jesus wants to be able to use you for greater effectiveness in his kingdom. The donkey had to be broken in order to be useful 
to Jesus. But here's what we do. We discard and we disqualify those things that are broken. But God wants to deploy things that are broken. See, God places a great uh, priority and a premium on things that are broken. Because if he can break you of your agenda, if he can break you of your own will, if he can break you of your stubbornness, then he can actually use you for his glory. In 1996, there was a man named Craig Randall. He was 23 years old, and he drove a garbage truck for waste management in a Boston suburb. Oftentimes in his work, he would pick up things off the trash pile, and he would take them home. And one time he had a sewing machine that he fixed. Another time uh, he grabbed some books. Uh, The story is told off this trash pile. But he would take things from his job as a truck driver for waste management, and fix them and restore them and use them. One day, um, he was working on a trash pile, throwing things in the trash, and he noticed this broken, ripped up, squished up cup. It was a Wendy's cup for a promotional that they were giving out prizes and things like that. And just a week before, he had peeled off that sticker and won a free chicken sandwich. How many of y'all could go for a chicken sandwich today? Buy some chicken out in the foyer and put it in between a piece of bread, and you got your chicken sandwich. And um, so today, this, on this day, he figured, hey, there's another cup. I see a little label right there. Maybe I can get a free French fry out this deal. Come on, I'll make a combo meal. So he reaches down on that pile of trash, this broken, ripped-up cup. He peels back the label says, congratulations, you have won $200,000 toward a new home. True story. What's the point? The point is that God can use broken things. And just because one man labels something trash, that doesn't mean it's not another man's treasure. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And God can use the treasure that's on the inside of you, even though it may be broken, even though it may be ripped up, even though it may be seemingly disqualified. Come on. God can use the broken things in your life. In this natural world, we throw away the broken things, but not God, because he can use you if you're broken. And you might be here today, and you're feeling like you're disqualified because you're broken. You've got a broke down past. You've got broke down finances. You've got a broke down marriage. You've got a broke down family. You've got a broke down situation. Don't give up. God will use the broken things in your life if you will submit and surrender them to him. The donkey had to be broken. And when my donkey tendencies are broken by Jesus, I can make a difference. Firstly, the donkey had to be redeemed. Secondly, the donkey had to be broken. Thirdly, in order for the donkey to make a difference, the donkey had to be loosed. (laughs) Here's what I love. Jesus couldn't use the donkey as long as he was bound up. He had to loose him. He sent these disciples with a message, and he says, tell him the master has need of this donkey. This donkey was tied up to a a pole. He was tied up. He couldn't go anywhere. And unless you are loosed by Jesus, you might be redeemed, you might be broken, but God cannot use you if you're still bound up. This donkey was tied, anchored, and bound, and he could only move about so far. Before Jesus looses you, you can only go so far. Jesus will loose you to use you. He will find you in order to free you. Growing up, we had a pet hamster, 
And um, the, the hamster lived in that aquarium, you know, and the hamster would see freedom and see the world outside of its containment, and it would get on that hamster wheel, start running on that hamster wheel, trying to get its freedom. It's like, I know I can, I can get out of here, running on that hamster wheel. Come back an hour later, that still running on that hamster wheel. I believe a lot of us live our lives like hamsters. I believe we get stuck. And in order for us to get free, we need somebody or someone that is bigger and more powerful than ourselves to reach down into our situation and in order to bring us up and set us free. Many of us today are redeemed. Maybe God's taking us through a broken, a broken season but we're not loosed. Some of us have been bound for months or even years. God wants to loose us. He wants to free us. So you're, if you're trapped in a situation where you don't think things can be changed, if you're stuck in a situation, ask God, reach up to God and tell him, ask him to set you free. You have to become dependent on the power of God to set you free. Here's what I love also. Remember, I was telling you guys the story about Lazarus and how when Jesus called him from the tomb, he said, come forth, Lazarus. But then he told his friends and family, loose him and set him free. Here's what happens. Here's the process in order for God to get us free. God will bring us out, but he'll use people oftentimes to set us free. This is what he did here in this situation. He says, I want you to go into that town. He says, I want you to tell this man that the Lord has need of this donkey, and I want you to loose him and set him free. The Lord sent the word, but the people, the disciples did the loosing. And that's why it's important, and you cannot discount what we're doing here today. You cannot discount what we do and gathering together in small groups and in being on teams together and serving together because God wants to set you free from the things that bind you up, the things that keep you shackled, the thing that keeps you from being used by God. God will use other people. He'll bring other people in your life in order to help set you free. I love when Paul and Silas were in the jail in Acts chapter 16, and the scripture says, suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. God wants to use the donkey. He wants to use me and you. But first, we have to be loosed. We have to be loosed of our addictions. We have to be loosed of our habits. We have to be loosed of the things that keep us captive. Jesus has come to set us free. And the scripture says, if he sets us free, we'll be free indeed. But we must be set free in order to be useful to God. Fourthly and finally, in order for the donkey to make the difference, number four, the donkey had to be led. Had to be led. This is what I love. It's not just enough to be loosed for this donkey to make a difference. He had to be led. And in order to be led, he had to be willing to be led. Had to be willing to be led. Jesus didn't just loose the donkey, but he led him. Many Christians are loosed, but we're not led. And 
Without being led, you just become a wandering donkey. If Jesus set him free, he's wandering around, but he's not being led. He's not saying, God, guide me. God, direct me. Lord, you get on board in my life. I'm going to allow you to lead me. Take me where you want me to go. Do what you would have me to do. Help me to be who you would want me to be. Help me to say what you want me to say. Do what you want me to do. God, come on board in my life and lead me to where you want me to go. We have to be willing to say, Lord, get on board and lead me. Change my direction. I'm willing. If you want to be greatly used by God, you have to be willing to be led by the king every day and everywhere you go. When your donkey tendencies are let go, you can be led to make a difference. Here's what I love about this story, and I'm going to close with this. God is still using donkeys. But just in case you thought this story was all about the donkey, I want you to see how the donkey is used by Jesus. In verse 7, they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. This is powerful. Listen. When the donkey gets to Jesus, right? They begin to throw their garments or their clothes on top of the donkey. All of a sudden, once Jesus gets on top of the donkey, you couldn't really see the donkey anymore. The donkey couldn't even be seen. But what you could see was Jesus. The donkey found that out that day that when we're really being used by Jesus, I'm seen less and Jesus is seen more. And that's the way it's in your life and that's the way it is in my life. Although Jesus uses donkeys, it's not about the donkey, it's about the deliverer. See, the donkey is just a donkey without the deliverer. He's just a common, normal donkey. You and I are just a common, normal person without the donkey. But when the donkey is used by the deliverer, he can make a difference. Jesus wants to redeem us. He wants to forgive us. He wants to give us eternal life. But he also wants to use us by taking us through a breaking process. He breaks us of our will. He breaks us of our agenda. He breaks us of our plans and our desires. He breaks us of greed. He breaks us of control. He breaks us of just living for ourselves. He breaks things off of our life in order that we would be used by him. Jesus not only redeems us and breaks us, but he looses us. He sets us free because if he doesn't, then we're just wandering around in life. He wants to set us free that he might be able to use us. He's setting us free from the things that hold us captive. And in order for us to be free, we have to allow him to set us free. We have to commit ourselves to community in order for us to be free. We have to surround ourselves with people who we can be accountable to, people who we can share our dreams, our hopes, our futures, people who we can be real with, people who we just don't come and just come to church and just attend a service, but people who we actually share life with so that we can be used 
in their life and they can be used in our life that we might be free to be used by Jesus. And finally, in order for the donkey to be, to make a difference, the donkey had to be led. It wasn't about the donkey. It was about the deliverer. And this is what I love. They began to lay those clothes on the donkey. And the donkey realized in that moment what he was actually carrying. You see, once the donkey realized who he was carrying, I believe the donkey went to, you know, just donkey, just walking along. Once that donkey realized who he was carrying, he was carrying the king. I believe he had a strut. I believe this donkey started strutting. Come on now. He started feeling good about what he was carrying. You see, you know what? God wants you to carry. He wants you to carry the king into your home. He wants you to carry the king into your community. He wants you to carry the king into your workplace. God wants you to carry the king into your areas of influence. And once you realize that the donkey is on board, then there is a confidence, there is a swagger, there is a security. You're not looking for people to tell you who you are anymore, but you're looking to the king. You're saying, Lord, guide me. Lord, lead me. Lord, use me. Lord, share my life that it might not only just be blessed, but that it would be a blessing. See, the donkey was created to carry that burden. God created that donkey in order for it to be used. But that donkey wouldn't be used unless it was redeemed, unless it was broken, unless it was loosed, and unless it was led by the one who was intended to carry. You and I are created by God to be carriers of the message of the King. And as we enter into our places of influence, when we carry the King, and when the King takes his rightful place in our life, then we won't be seen, but Jesus will be glorified. And the scripture says what? We must decrease, he must increase. We don't preach ourselves, but we cry, preach Christ and him crucified and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. You see, it wasn't about the donkey, but it was about the deliverer. When we're redeemed, broken, loose, and led by the deliverer, we make a difference because we carry the king and his kingdom into our city and our homes, our neighborhood, our company, into our world that they too may come to know him. So as the donkey is carrying Jesus into Jerusalem, they begin to come out by the hundreds of thousands and they see that this, this man, Jesus of Nazareth, is fulfilling prophecy. He's actually stepping into what was predicted by the prophet Zechariah, which we read earlier. Behold, your king is coming, riding on a donkey. And then they begin to respond to what they see. They quote Psalm 118. And they begin to say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That Hebrew word, Hosanna, it means save now. And I don't know about you, but there's some things that I'm calling out to the Lord in order for him to save. There's some people I'm calling out 
to the Lord for him to save. There's some situations that I'm asking for the Lord to intervene and, and to save and to redeem and to change. All across this room today, if we were to talk to every individual, there's some things in your life that you need the Lord to intervene in. Today is the day. Today is the day to celebrate, to look around, to thank the Lord, to celebrate the fact that nothing is impossible with him, to say, save now, Lord, deliver now, change now, do it now, Lord. We worship you. We celebrate you. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. Take your proper place in my life that I might be the carrier of the message of the King. Stand up on your feet all across this room today, and we're going to close in song. And I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to this message today. You see, because when the Lord speaks to us, He elicits a response. He's looking for a response from us. And today, no matter where you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, maybe there's some broken areas in your life. Maybe you've gone your own way and you've done your own thing. You've tried it your way. Today is the day that you say, Lord Jesus, get on board. Change my life. And when Jesus gets on board, you know what? When Jesus got on board, that donkey didn't buck. He didn't push back. Come on, he didn't rebel. When Jesus gets on board, he has a way of causing you to surrender and submit. So you can't do it on your own. You need his help. You need him to lead your life. You've done it in every way that you think that was best for you. You've tried to figure it out. Come on, you've tried to work it out. You've tried to, you know, get other people to help you out. You've tried to knock on the doors. Come on, you've tried to pull yourself up by your bootstrap. You try to do it through your education and your network and your abilities. But unless you allow the king on board, you can't be used in the way that he wants to use you, in the way that he wants to take you, where he wants to take you. So all across this room, with every head bowed and eyes closed, Lord, I know that there are those this morning watching online or in person today that have kind of gone their own way. Lord, they've been stubborn. They've been hard-headed. They've been fussing. They've elevated their agenda above your agenda. They've done it their way. And Lord, today they realized Lord, that they can't be used by you. They can't, they can't find that place of freedom and forgiveness and significance unless you're on board. So today, Lord, I just want to invite them to, get on, to allow you to get on board. I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, get on board. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. Lord, I repent. I turn from my stubbornness, my willful disobedience. I turn from going my own way. Lord, I turn from trying to do things in my own strength and my own ability and figuring it out with my intelligence and my willpower. But Lord, today I'm submitting, I'm surrendering to you. I'm asking you to get on board in my life 
that I might be useful for you. You're in this place today and watching online. It's been a long time. Perhaps you need to recommit your life to the Lord today. You need to rededicate your life, your agenda to the Lord today. Allow him to get on board because the donkey is just a donkey without the deliverer. But if the donkey will allow the deliverer on board, he can make a difference. So Father, today, across this room, Lord, with decisions being made to follow you, to turn from sin and to turn to you as Savior, as the King of our life, the Lord of our life, Father, I just pray that each individual today would search their heart, welcome you in to their life, forgive them of all their sins, help them to rededicate recommit their life to you even in this Easter season as we're preparing this week for the celebration of your resurrection Lord I pray that there would be an incredible lasting work that you do in people's hearts even as a response to this message and throughout this week thank you for listening to this week's podcast our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home we do this by encountering God through worship embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.